Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Technology is one of those items that can help us so greatly, yet at the same time hinder us in the cockpit. Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com and this episode of the Private Pilot Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Bose. Bose Aviation, makers of the A20 headset. You guys have seen me in the videos flying with the A20 headset. Uh, it is the only headset I've been flying with, so dedicated to it. I literally have an A20 headset that stays in my airplane, 5.9 Quebec, as well as an A20 headset that also stays in my flight bag. So I can use it when hopping from airplane to airplane, as well as when I have a passenger, I want them to have that same benefit as well. With thousands of hours under my belt, I really uh, messed up my hearing good at a young age using just a cheapo type headset. Uh, it's, I, I wish I had the Bose headset many years ago, back when I was flying traffic and doing many of my odd aviation jobs that I started out with uh, to really protect my hearing. So certainly protecting uh, what hearing I have left and loving the Bose A20 headset. Technology in the cockpit is the topic today. And I want to touch on kind of three things. I want to talk about iPads, I want to talk about G1000, and of course I want to talk about ADS-B and this 2020 requirement coming up for all you guys that are aspiring aircraft owners one day. And really it's just something good you need to know and understand coming up for a checkride or whatever it may be. This is going to be a popular checkride question. Let's start with the topic of iPads. I spoke about this with someone today actually because they said, geez, how do you navigate in, in all this airspace? What if you're in a city you're not familiar with? It's easy flying around Ocala to navigate, but what if I was somewhere else? And I said, well, we used to use paper charts and now all our charts are on our iPad. So the first question out of their mouth was, should I buy an iPad before I start flying? And uh, all well and good if you already have an iPad, but here's how I treat iPads in the cockpit. Call me a mean instructor, but I don't let my students use an iPad in the cockpit early on in their flight training. Really, until they start doing solo cross countries, I'll let them take the iPad with them, but only as a backup. Their primary is the hard copy cross country flight plan and paper charts that they planned on. And the iPad is only if everything else fails or just to confirm or double check something type of item and it sits on the right seat and hopefully you don't have to end up touching it or using it. That's how I do it. Because I want students, first off, that early on in your training, you need to learn to be a good and then great stick and rudder pilot. Flying the airplane by looking outside not sitting here mesmerized by screens from a G1000 or head down just staring at an iPad. The iPad is such an amazing tool, yet it can become such a great distraction for us as well because we don't take the time to learn it on the ground. We go up in the air and we, oh, it's not doing, oh, then it rotated, oh, then it turned off, and then it does this, and the screen's too bright. It would just, all these little things happen, and we spend more time fiddling with it, usually, in the air, than we do let it actually serve its purpose for us in the air. 
And I know it sounds weird coming from a younger guy kind of talking about the iPad that way, but it's, it's the absolute truth. I'm a fan of the iPad, but I want you to learn it and I want you to master it on the ground rather than just fiddling around with it and bringing up some brand new technology into the cockpit right away. We just can't do that. Put it in simulator mode, hook it up to X-Plane, whatever it may be, and become a master of the iPad on the ground. So I don't even introduce iPads in the training until the cross-country portion of our training. And I'll let them kind of look at it and, and, and play with the iPad, assuming they've got some ground-based knowledge with it on our dual cross-countries, because there's two pilots. And like I said on the solo cross-countries, I'll let my students take it with them with the understanding of, listen, this is really only if you need it type thing. Other than that, we're doing the old school cross-country flight plan. That way, they've learned and they have a skill to fall back on. You see, I worry about this. There's a generation of aviators coming up that, uh, that we're going to maybe coin as the iPad aviators. I, I'm not sure. Or, or pilots of the magenta line. All they know to do is press direct enter and follow the magenta line. And they don't have true pilotage or dead reckoning type skills. They just know how to follow a pink line, which gets you in trouble when that pink line goes away or when technology ends up failing. So what do we do? We need to learn the old fashioned way. I remember I posted an E6B video a while ago on how to use the manual E6B. And geez, some of the comments on there, are people going, geez, Jason, why, why are you wasting your time? Why are you boring us with this old school technology? But I'll tell you, on a check ride, I can't tell you how many times I've seen an examiner take away an iPad or take away an electronic E6B and say, show it to me on a manual E6B. And the video may sound silly. This advice I'm giving you now may sound silly like, a, like your grandfather's giving you advice or something like that. But I promise you, learning it the old school way and then adding on technology is always the right way to do it. A common question I get asked is, Jason, should I start my private in a G1000? And the answer is, sure, you could. But in a perfect world, I'd like to see you do your private in the old school steam gauges. And then for instrument, let's upgrade to G1000 because it's, great. it's a great situational awareness device. But for private pilot, it's just so much to take in. There's so much to learn, so much to see. And if anything, it might hold you back and cause you to fly a few more hours just having to learn that. And for some of you financially, maybe a few more hours uh, in a more expensive airplane, be it if it's a G1000, it probably is, may not be feasible for you. It could be the difference between finishing a certificate and not finishing a certificate. I encourage steam gauges first, then G1000. I've talked about that, obviously, in an instrument pilot podcast, if you guys have listened to it. I'm a huge fan of glass cockpits. I'm a huge fan of the G1000 as a system and all the new units as they continue to come out. I've been flying a lot with the new Garmin 750, the touchscreen. It's great. It's got some quirks to it, but like all technology, it does, as does its competitor from Avidyne and everything else. But that technology is only as good as the user behind it. Can you truly master it, or are you just going to spend all this time with your head down in the cockpit trying to get it to do what you want it to do? 
That's what I worry about. I love the G1000 as long as the person operating the G1000 is proficient with it and truly is a master and knows how to use that technology. That's what I like to see. That's what we need to see. iPads, glass panels, they're all amazing technology, but we need to become a master of it on the ground before we even think about going up there and flying with that technology. And on that technology front, what's coming next is ADSB. ADSB 2020 is coming, that 2020 compliance for aircraft owners to get their ADSB out compliance. I'll be taking action on mine this month. I'll be documenting the entire process from why I chose this particular unit to showing you the install process, showing you the install cost, and going over everything with you guys so you can see it uh, when you become an aircraft owner or if you're an aircraft owner, you can take that plunge with it on the ADSB out side of things. Because here's the thing, the FAA just announced um, that they'll be giving a $500 rebate to anybody who takes action and gets their ADSB compliance this year. That's huge. Now, why are they doing that? Well, the FAA also released a study that said, if everybody, if every aircraft owner decided today is the day, today is the day I'm going to go get my ADSB and meet that 2020 date for compliance. If everybody said that today and went to every avionics shop in the country, every avionics shop in the country would have to do eight installs per day to make that happen. How scary is that? When talking with a gentleman who was going to do my ADSB 2020 compliance install, he goes, oh, it'll take two, maybe three days to make it happen. So you're telling me every avionic shop in the country, if we started today, would have to do eight installs per day. It's a date and a number that certainly can't be met. And I believe the, uh, the FAA realizes that. And this $500 incentive is try to, uh, an attempt to try to kick people in gear to actually get it done and make it happen. But I also believe this 2020 date is going to get pushed back a little bit if you want my professional opinion with it. I know there's been a lot of uproar over this. There always is when the FAA kind of mandates something. We had a similar kind of uproar with ELTs and changing out ELTs, and that's why they ended up making them not mandatory for that. But this, this mandatory install is very similar to when we had the mandatory install of mode C transponders. This, uh, you know, I was, just don't remember this, obviously, but when mode C transponders first were coming out and the FAA was going to make it mandatory, there was an uproar. Uh, I can't afford to do a mode C transponder in my Cessna 150. There's no way. There's no way I could make that happen. This stuff's not going to take off and the list go on and on. ADSB 2020, ADSB out is the new mode C essentially. Now, Go find me a trainer aircraft or a Cessna 150 or greater that doesn't have a mode C transponder. If you were shopping for an aircraft, you'd be amazed if they said, yeah, it's got everything but doesn't have a mode C transponder. You wouldn't buy that airplane because you think, why wouldn't you have a mode C transponder? Granted, there's the Piper Cubs and the Vintage aircraft that don't have mode C transponders. Even, geez, look at some of these, uh, some of these Vintage aircraft that EAA's been flying around lately. I mean, they got, you know, Garmin 750s in them. They got some sweet technology in them, right? 
But some of these vintage aircraft and Piper Cubs without electrical systems and these sort of things fall into a different category, obviously. But you couldn't imagine an airplane today without mode C. I believe ADS-B out and in, in and out, is going to be the exact same thing. Uh, Ten years from now, it's going to be weird to fly an airplane that doesn't have ADS-B in and out. It's going to become what mode C is to us today. And of course, there's a little bit of uproar, a little bit of a stink to make it happen, but it's a technology we're going to certainly all uh, appreciate and adopt here very soon. Technology plays such a crucial, crucial role in the cockpit, but it only plays the role it's meant to play when we can use it to its fullest ability, when we, the operator, are proficient and a master of it. Hopefully this podcast has inspired you to dust off the iPad, dust off the G1000 simulator on your computer, or they have one for iPad as well, and start playing around with it, learning, pushing buttons. Maybe just go plug the airplane into a ground power unit and ask if you can just sit there with the avionics master on and play with the G1000. The G1000 simulators, though, are, are just as good for the iPad, for your desktop, whatever it may be. You need to become a master of these sort of items on the ground. They will make you such a better pilot. You have to be a manager of these great systems and this great technology. Hope you guys are really enjoying the Private Pilot Podcast. Do check out m0a.com and our online ground school at groundschoolacademy.com to learn more. We are always here for you guys to help make you safer, smarter pilots. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.